It's TechBiter Worldwide, formerly Technology Corner, for the week of April 29th, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. First, here's a quick Vista update, very quick. Vista is not yet installed on my computer. I am still in what I'm considering the preparation phase, deciding what needs to be done prior to the installation, deciding whether to upgrade the existing Windows XP installation or to install a new version, which means formatting the drive and then reinstalling all the applications. I'm currently leaning toward trying an upgrade. I have understood from a number of people that there are occasionally problems with doing an upgrade, but I think maybe trying that first makes sense because there are a lot of applications that would otherwise have to be reinstalled. I'll make that decision probably within a week. Then I need to schedule time to do the actual installation. That's probably going to happen late in the month. In the meantime, though, I'll probably go ahead and install Office 2007, knowing that if I have to blow away the entire contents of the drive and reinstall Windows Vista, that at least I'll be able to reinstall Office 2007 without any real problems. So that's my course of action on Vista at the moment, and that's where I stand, which is about two inches ahead of where I stood last week. This week I was remembering when it seemed that just about everybody thought that Apple's computers were secure. Back in those days, I said that there simply weren't as many exploits against Apple's OS X because it is inherently more secure than Windows. That's because OS X is based on Unix, which has security built in from the ground up. Windows was based on DOS, which had security added on. That's the part of my comment that Apple users really like to hear. What they didn't like to hear was the part where I continued to say that there was another reason for the lack of exploits, and that was a smaller user base. OS X continues to be more secure than Windows XP, perhaps not as secure as Windows Vista, but the severity and the number of OS X issues is increasing. Uh, For example, last week my PowerBook downloaded and installed patches for 25 security vulnerabilities, including a serious flaw in the airport wireless device. If you have an eMac, an iBook, an iMac, a PowerBook G3, a PowerBook G4, or a PowerMac G4, you may have an airport. Computers with Airport Extreme are not affected. Early in April, Apple released a software update to fix the vulnerability in the Airport Extreme base station, which is a wireless router. Now, this is not intended to be an I told you so. It's just a reminder that a computer is a computer is a computer. An operating system is an operating system is an operating system. These things are built and written by people. People make mistakes. Vulnerabilities exist for every computer and every operating system. Apple has a feature that is similar to the Windows Automatic Update feature. Mac OS X automatically checks weekly for software updates, provided you have an Internet connection. And you can choose a different schedule or check manually if you don't have a continuous Internet connection. If Software Update finds anything that needs to be downloaded, it appears in a list. You can click on an item to get a description before downloading it, 
If you see updates you will never use, such as for a language you don't speak or drivers for a printer you don't own, then you can deactivate that particular update. Windows users would know that as ignore. You can then view any hidden updates, ones that you've hidden from yourself, and later install them if conditions change. You maybe buy that printer that you skipped the drivers for. On the TechBiter Worldwide website, you'll see some screen captures from my Apple PowerBook showing what the software update looks like and showing the list that showed last week. Whenever you do a software update on a Mac, you are asked to provide a password for a user who has administrator privileges on the machine. This is a very good security precaution. I wish that Windows XP did that. Perhaps Windows Vista does. We'll find out. So if you are a Mac user and you're not sure whether the latest updates have been installed, hop over to System Preferences from the Apple menu, choose Software Update from the View menu, click Update Now, select any of the items you want to install, enter an administrative username and password, and after the update is complete, you may have to restart the computer. If you want more information about Apple's security updates, you can visit Apple's Security Center, and there is conveniently a link to there from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. And if you have an airport installed, there's also a link that will take you to the steps that you need to go through there. So does this mean that Vista wins on security? Well, not exactly. This week, Softpedia said, and I quote, While Mac OS X users are busy bees updating and patching their operating system, Windows Vista users can kick back even if just for a month. That's because this month there were no security updates from Microsoft for Vista. Well, anyway, Softpedia continues, This is an argument that should put a sock in a lot of mouths that applauded the security of Mac OS X over Windows, but that won't happen, not even with this month's Apple patches. There is simply too much arrogance in Mac users, a behavior condoned and shared by Apple as a company. That's the opinion of Softpedia. And that is exactly the kind of absurd Windows versus Mac nonsense that provides precious little light and only heat. Windows, the Mac OS... Unix, Linux, DOS, and every other operating system ever created are works of human programmers. Human programmers make mistakes, they overlook things, they underestimate thieves, they share with each other the inability to see around corners. So every operating system ever written, and probably every operating system that ever will be written, is flawed. That's true whether it's written in Redmond, Washington, Cupertino, California, or Bangalore, India. A little less chauvinism on everybody's part would be most welcome. As much as I hate spam, sometimes the stuff is good for a little bit of a laugh. There's a sucker born every minute. Phineas Taylor Barnum, P.T. Barnum, reputed to have said that. Before I go on with my story of spam, let's take a quick look at P.T. Barnum. Irving Wallace wrote a book about Barnum, called it The Fabulous Showman, The Life and Times of P.T. Barnum. And he recounted how Barnum manipulated a gullible public. One day a plump beggar came for a handout. Instead, Barnum offered him a job at a dollar and a half a day. He handed the puzzled beggar five ordinary bricks. Now, said Barnum, go and lay a brick on the sidewalk at the corner of Broadway and Ann Street, another close by the museum. 
a third diagonally across the way. Put down a fourth on the sidewalk in front of St. Paul's Church opposite. Then, with the fifth brick in hand, take a rapid march from one point to the other, making the circuit, exchanging your brick at every point, and say nothing to anyone. At the end of every hour by St. Paul's clock, show this ticket at the museum door. Enter, walking solemnly through every hall in the building. Pass out and resume your work. The beggar moved off with his five bricks and began his idiot's play. Within half an hour, more than five hundred curious people were following him. In an hour, the crowd doubled. When the brick-toting Pied Piper entered the museum, dozens bought tickets to follow him. This continued throughout the day for several days, and Barnum's business showed a satisfying increase. You know, to a great extent, spam works that way. One spam arrived at the office this week with the subject line, Read Me. Well, it was hard to avoid reading because we use Outlook with the preview pane enabled. The message consisted of a single line, Click me. Needless to say, I didn't click. Given the URL, which you can see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, the target was almost certainly something that would create a problem. Because I keep all security updates up to date, I probably could have followed the link, but only a fool would have even considered that. The link was something like this, http colon slash slash 1y6tpp7l7p7r6218pj1q7jj1 dot bestand dot hk, so Hong Kong. No, sorry, don't think so. Then I got one that was in Russian. Now, I speak Russian as a far distant and fading second language. But this one began with Shkola Mezhdernorudnaya Telejournalistiki. As best I can make out, that's something about a school for international telejournalists. Uh, sorry, wrong number. Then we got Romant Vilyavas. That would be something along the lines of repair or help for you. Probably trying to sell some sort of medicine. And of course, this week I got the standard cheap OEM software. OEM software. There's an interesting story. Adobe doesn't sell Acrobat to even its best wholesale customers for $69 or After Effects for $49. But there was a link from a company called Flushycom, F-L-S-H-E-Y dot com, offering to sell me those applications at those prices. And by the way, OEM software does exist, but not at an 80% discount. So, Flushy.com was registered just a couple of days ago via BizCN.com. BizCN, interesting. CN is the top-level domain for China. Interesting that that's in their domain name. So, I took a quick look. BizCN.com, yep, that is indeed a Chinese operation. And we all know how well China's government respects intellectual property rights. Well, anyway, I thought it might be worthwhile to take a closer look at what Flushy.com had on its website. But first, I opened the page with Sam Spade. That's an application that just lets me see the HTML and anything else that might happen to be on the page so that I could look for anything that might try to do something nasty to the computer. Turned out all there was was a session ID cookie, which is standard for any commercial site. So I did open the page in a browser, and I saw, for example... Adobe Creative Suite 2 Premium for Windows, retail price, eleven ninety nine. 
and they're selling it for 150 bucks. You save $1,049.05. Microsoft Office 3 Professional. Retail 550, they sell for 70. Adobe Illustrator CS2, retail 500, their price 60 bucks. And Nero 7 Premium, retail 70, they sell for 40. And that's just the first four applications I ran across. Now, if somebody offered you a brand new Lexus GS430 for $12,000, you might suspect the car had been stolen. If someone offers you an application with a retail price of $1,200 for just $150, might you not make the same assumption? If you get a spam about OEM software, walk away. In fact, run away as fast as you can. Also received another spam in Russian, although there was a little bit of English in it. Public Relations v. Rossiyi. Okay, even I can read that one. Public Relations in Russia. I don't think I need a public relations agency in Russia. And I also got one entirely in Chinese. You probably get these, too. They come fairly regularly. Well, I don't read Chinese at all. They're easy to get rid of. And completely related to almost anything else, an error message from the Toshiba website, which I happen to find myself on this week, it mentions an unexpected error. We have experienced an unexpected error. Our site has experienced an unexpected error. We are working on this issue and apologize for the inconvenience. Please continue your visit by clicking here or use the button below. If the error persists, please check back later, where it will probably continue to exist. Now, they didn't say that, but that's what they meant. I suppose that if it had been an expected error, they might have had a better error message to describe it. This makes me wonder why companies, particularly large, successful companies, such as Toshiba, companies that generally do a lot of things right, include such lame and useless error messages. In nerdly news this week, you have perhaps heard about Walmart and the low-cost, high-definition DVD. For the past week or two, there have been rumors that Walmart plans to have a cheap HD DVD player in time for Christmas this year. If Walmart goes for HD DVD, the rumor suggests, then Blu-ray is doomed. Eh, maybe. If Walmart does that. But the company says that's not happening. Will the Fuyan company in Taiwan work with TDK to produce under $300 HD DVD players for Walmart? Nope, says a company spokesman. Company spokesman at Walmart, that is. Walmart says the reports were totally inaccurate. Or were they? Some governments and some businesses say one thing and then do exactly the opposite. If Walmart is planning a big HD DVD splash for the holidays, it would be in the company's best interests not to let competitors know. Fuyan is playing along. The company has since posted a notice on its website stating that its previous statement that Walmart had 2 million HD DVDs on order was inoperative. Quoting the Fuyan website, the actuality is that we had not received yet. We are asked to provide the schedule to Walmart and cost to determine the quantity even more than $2 million if the cost is good enough and timing is correct. So the capacity is under consideration. Any qualified manufactured base group will be welcome. Okay, I'm not sure what that said either, but both companies are denying it. Walmart says it will continue to sell both Blu-ray and HD DVD players until a format winner emerges. 
Microsoft Windows for $3. Now, now, wait a minute. This is not one of those idiotic spams claiming OEM software that I talked about a little bit ago. This is more like what some drug companies do in providing drugs that are hundreds of dollars per dose in developed countries for pennies in the developing world. Microsoft will offer limited versions of Windows, Office, and other applications to those in developing countries. Bill Gates announced the program this week in Beijing, and this clearly illustrates just how frightened Microsoft is of the open-source community. Some governments, particularly in the developing world, are recommending open-source Linux, a free operating system, and applications such as OpenOffice, which is also free. A minimalist computer with all open-source applications could sell for just a few hundred dollars. And in fact, the nonprofit organization One Laptop Per Child hopes to produce machines priced at about $150 this year with hopes of reducing that cost to $100 soon. The machines would run a version of Linux, and governments in Argentina, Brazil, and Nigeria have already signed on. In response, Microsoft offers the Microsoft Unlimited Potential program, available in developing countries and in low-income communities in developed countries, and yes, that does include the United States. Microsoft would sell discounted software to national, state, or local governments, and those agencies would distribute the PCs and the software to individuals. Machines with the low-cost Microsoft applications would cost around $300. That's substantially more than what the One Laptop Per Child program foresees. Currently, there are about a billion PC users worldwide, most of those in developed countries. Microsoft wants to add another billion users by 2015. One laptop per child could add millions more. Twenty years ago or more, Apple started putting its computers in classrooms, and Microsoft now sees the value of attracting young users. Some of the children who are introduced to Windows will become adults responsible for buying business machines. Get them young, and you can keep them for life, is the theory. Maybe. When my younger daughter started classes at the Columbus College of Art and Design four years ago, I told her that she had to have a Mac because commercial artists use Macs almost exclusively. She had used Apple computers at school. She didn't like them because we had PCs at home, and she thought that the PC worked better. She didn't want a Mac. But she did accept one grudgingly when I gave her no choice. Within a few months, she was making fun of Windows PCs, even as her Mac crashed several times a day. Get them young, keep them for life. Doesn't always work out that way, does it? Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of April 29, 2007. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And you can send email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.